country and the world, and it is worth fighting for. It is worth bleeding for. And if it takes it, it's worth dying for. For the greatest country that this world has ever seen. All right, all right. Hey, this, hey. this is interesting. Uh, we're going right into a conversation me and Zach were just having. Zach, you remember what you were just talking about right before we, we decided to turn it on? We were talking about kindness and love. Well, well what was the point that you were making there? Hold on, let me think back because uh, with the technical difficulties just a second ago, let me think. Um, I mean, pretty much, I mean, we're talking about lordship salvation and how, like, after you are saved, you have to submit to the Lord, but also with, like, kindness... Kindness doesn't always mean being nice. Kindness may mean that you have to confront somebody for something that they're doing. And like for people who are living in sin. Oh yeah, I remember now. So like what we're talking about with, so in the previous episode, we were talking about how there's a pastor in Texas who was talking about how homosexuality is okay. It's not a sin. You can be in a homosexual relationship and it be God fearing but if we're going to take lordship salvation seriously, then once you're saved, you submit to the word of God, which means that you have to, like, if homosexuality is a sin, you can't keep living in that. Yeah. And what I was presenting to grandma was like, well, where does it end? If we're going to start preaching that that's okay, are we going to start telling young men that, hey, it's fine to go look at pornography, you know, if you love the Lord? Hey, you young couple that you're, you're dating, it's fine to have premarital sex if you love the Lord. Hey, you want to divorce your wife? You're in an adulterous affair. That's fine. Because like, where does it end? It's fine. You beat your kids as long as you have a relationship. If we're going to start bending the word of God in one area, we're going to bend the word of God in every area. So, so the reason I wanted to bring this up is because this was a a, just a conversation we were having, not filming. And then I thought, you know what? Let's just have the conversation for you guys to listen to. And I'd love your input, Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. Um. My question to you, Zach, is this, and yeah, you're okay. going to talk in this episode. Oh, here we go. Um, why do you think, why, and, and I'm playing devil's advocate in a bit, why do you think pastors, because if you listen back to that episode of that pastor, he was like, you know, it wasn't a, a light switch that just turned on. It was like a dam that was cracking until it burst. And then I went back to the scriptures and re-examined everything that I knew and weighed them against, uh, you know, what I see today. And that's why he believes what it is. Why do you think it is that all these pastors are going back to scriptures to, why do you think there seems to be two waves of people, people like us that are saying we need to get back to biblical truths. And then there seems to be another group, woke pastors and woke Christians who seem to think we need to go back and re-examine scriptures based on today. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, because they have a view, and I think they know that it's wrong. They know it's controversial, and they just, they're just they trying to make themselves feel better about their decision. Because, like, I mean, they have to have a basis for something. So if they can go back to scripture and say, oh, well, if we look at here, we can interpret this, or you know, God's love means that we should love everybody. We should interpret it this way. And they pick and choose what they want to talk about in the Bible and not talk about, you know, other things like, hey, like God takes certain things very seriously. And like sin is sin. I mean, no matter what it is. But um, I mean, yeah, because they're trying to, like, they have to have a reason why they're saying what they're saying. And if they can get it from the word of God, then they feel like, oh, they got something to stand on, even though they're twisting it. Yeah. So I think it goes 
from a, you know, why is one group saying we need to get back to biblical truths? And why is another group saying, well, now I see that if I go back to the scriptures and look at it through my new understanding lens of society and culture, now I can go back to the scriptures and mm. reinterpret it a different way. I would, I would say it's very easy to identify which one is right and which one is wrong. Yeah. One comes from a point of a biblical lens. The Bible is yeah. truth, the end. The Bible doesn't care about your feelings of what you think. The Bible is quite literally black and white. And then the other side is, well, now that I have all of this new understanding, now I can go back and reinterpret the Bible in a different way. Yeah, and am I... <clears throat> And That's is, self-serving. Oh no, it is. Well, because my thought process is if you're if you go to scripture and you twist it and you're not going to scripture to get what God wants you to get, you're going to scripture what you want to get. I personally don't think you're a Christian. I don't think you're saved, and you are using the Bible for your own selfish so that's purposes. A, that's a good. That's a good topic right there. So me and me and you, <clears throat> me and you had a conversation. You know about the once saved, always saved thing, and you know I made a statement. And then we realized that we both were saying the same thing, but I was just, I was wording it different. So I, I, you know, basically was like, I don't know if I believe the once saved, always saved thing. Like, I don't know how you can be saved in quotations. And then like that pastor was talking about, you just go and you live this, this LGBTQ lifestyle for the rest of your life. And, you know, you don't even attempt to change and, or you become a, a, a serial killer and all this other kind of stuff. And then you made a point say, well, you know, I would argue that those people were never really saved yeah. in the first place. And so I think that's a really good place to start there. So <clears throat> what would you say are the steps of true salvation through Jesus? Mm. So the steps of true salvation okay. comes down to like, I mean, God convicts you, and you have to realize that, like, you're a sinner. You yeah. have to realize that, like... Well, before you go any further, I like that. God convicts you, okay? So, so, so that goes to what we were just talking about. There's too many pastors today, and there's too many Christians today that feel like they have to win over people. Oh, yeah. It's not about winning over people. You just I, preach the word. I don't agree with that. I do not agree with that at all, and I think that is part of the problem. Our responsibility is to spread the good news of the Word of God. The good news in an overall summarization is the virgin birth, Jesus lived, died, crucified. Jesus lived, was crucified, died, buried, resurrected. That is the good news. That's it. That's our job is to teach what the Bible says, and then God convicts people. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden? more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, and deepening of inflation, and how to protect your hard-earned savings from the reinvigorated left. The answer is protect your IRA, your savings, or your 401k from the chaotic financial markets by diversifying your retirement savings with real, physical, precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text the word GRAHAM, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898. 
Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. These are great people with almost 20 years experience covering IRAs and 401ks into a precious metals IRA. Don't allow the left to devalue your savings. Text Graham to 989898 and claim your free, no obligation info kit from Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold and silver in a tax sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Birch Gold has an A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out now. Text the word Graham. That's G-R-A-J-M to 989898 now. We're not salesmen. We just present God's word. And I'm not trying to sell the gospel. I mean, I think the gospel is amazing. I love the gospel. And I want everyone to be saved. But I can't force it on anyone. I give them the word of God. And then if God convicts them, and they're like, dude, like I am a lost sinner. Like, I am going to hell. Like, I can't do this on my own. Like I can't for like, I, you know, I've done so much bad stuff. Then God convicts him and shows them, Hey, I like God shows them. I love you. Even in your sin, I love you. But now I want to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins. And then the person accepts that. And, but once you accept Christ into your heart and you ask for forgiveness of your sins, it's a 180. You turn from your sin and then God is Lord over your life. It's not Jesus is there, and then you do your own thing. It's no, you follow the word of God, and it's not always easy. Like, I can look back, and you're gonna mess up, correct? You're gonna mess up, yeah. Like, since I've been saved, like, I can look back over my entire life, and like, this is something I kind of realized even just over the last week or two. Like, I've seen so much growth from in my life from God over the last year and a half, and I've not always been, and during that whole last year and a half, I wasn't always searching for Him, I wasn't always like, you know, constantly seeking after him. I went cut through a couple of phases where like I was off doing this or doing this and I'm like bad stuff, but it's like not focusing on him like I should, but God was faithfully still drawing me closer to him throughout that entire process. It's like, once you're saved, it doesn't mean that you're going to live perfectly, but you should be able to look back and see growth and see that slowly, but surely, like I can look back a year and a half from now and I'm like, Oh, I'm not struggling with that anymore. Um, that's not as much of an issue and I can see how much God's grown me, but it's also opened up to my eyes about how much more growth I still have to go. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's boiling down to the reality of things. It's easy to accept what God has to offer salvation, redemption, uh, not a life of eternity in hell. That's a really easy thing to accept until we add the Lordship part. Correct. I got, I got some when you're done. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it comes with a cost. And mm-hmm, as a lot of pastors mm-hmm, will say, mm-hmm. it will cost you everything. Uh, I look at it like this. Think of it this way. Okay. Um, I'm a recruiter for the military, which I was. <clears throat> My job was not to, I could not make someone a soldier. That's not what I, that, that wasn't my job, right? Could not do that. My job was to say, hey, this is the military. This is what the military is about. If you decide to join the military, this is what it has to offer. And here you go. That was my job. What we have right now is we got a bunch of people saying, you know what? That sounds pretty good. I'm going to sign this whole military thing. Oh, no, 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 no. I I mean, I I just want the the paycheck and the benefits. I I don't, I'm not going to go to boot camp. 
I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna abide by these rules to be a soldier. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna abide by the UCMJ. Like, like, no, I just, I want the good parts. You know, like, like that's what I they, want. They I want, want the good the part. blessings of God without actually having to serve God, which is the Savior versus the Lord part. And here in America, we don't like the whole, well, we just, ugh, it gives us this bad taste in our mouth, like this Lord over us. Women, ladies, love you. But here lately, there's this new thing with feminism and all this stuff. Miss independent, buddy. We need to be independent. Whereas what we need to be teaching people is we need to become dependent on God. Yeah. That's our problem there too. We get saved. We start living right. The right, We start living our life the right way. Well, now all of a sudden we're literally not living on a prayer for that paycheck and in that bank account. And now all of a sudden we don't need God so much anymore because now uh, we're reliant on our job. And then when, when you actually become a Christian, you realize you don't have anything without God. And a lot of a lot of people that that have like careers and stuff like this, they have a real hard time with this. Like, uh-uh. I've worked 18-hour days for 15 years. My hands are callous to the bone. I've done this, I've sacrificed this, I've done that, blah, 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 to get what I have. Who gave you the talents that you have? Who gave you the hands that you have to callous up in the first place? Who allowed you to wake up every day to work those 18-hour days? Who gave you the energy when there should not have been energy there for you to achieve what you achieve? And you think that any of it's yours? You think that money's yours? You think that car is yours? You think that family is yours? You think that's yours? Everything comes from God. This is something I've actually um, been thinking a lot about recently as I've been just praying about what, what my next directions are. And like, yeah, I've got multiple podcast clients now. I don't say that to brag. God's the one that put me in this position. But it's like, God put that stuff there in my life. He can take it away. And it's like, I thank him for it because it's like, Lord, like I wouldn't be here without you. You have allowed this in my life. If this is what you want, continue to let it grow or give me peace about where I'm at. Or if not, then you can take it away. But that's fine because ultimately I am serving you. I am not out trying to make the most amount of money or get the most amount of clout because I produce podcasts for certain people. It's Lord, if you want me to do this, I'm going to keep going, but you can take it away. This is what you are allowing me to do. And so, yeah. Are you tired of supporting companies like AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile that spit in your face every month when you pay them $80 a month and they spit in your face and your values because they do not care about you? Well, so am I. And that's why I switched to Pure Talk because Pure Talk is literally the same service, same network for half the price. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer. That's why they've invested in a US-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than unlimited because they won't charge you for the data you don't need. I switched to Pure Talk and you should too. Show corporate America you're done funding their leftist politics. Go to puretalk.com and enter the promo code G-R-A-H-A-M to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com, promo code Graham saves you 50% off your first month. Make the switch to Pure Talk today. I think we all have to get to a point where we ask ourselves, first of all, we have to acknowledge that God is God whether or not he does anything or not. 
God is holy. God is glorified, whether or not he blesses you or, or not. He could not do another thing, and that does not take away from God being God. Yeah, if, if, if you're saved and God never, which, I mean, this is obviously false. God's going to continue to bless yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. it sometimes comes in ways that you don't view it as a blessing for a little bit, but you view it as a blessing in little ways down the road. If God... If you lost everything, are you still are you still riding the coattails on Jesus? Mm. That's a question that we all have to ask ourselves. You know, it's real, you know, we always make a joke. It's real easy to have faith when you ain't got no money. But then when you start making money, now all of a sudden you can't possibly imagine not having money anymore. Like it's something that like it's like whoa, 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 no, 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 no. Well, what if God told you, you know, I really think that you need to spend more time with your family. So I think you need to leave that job and go work at this normal place. Yeah, you're gonna lose sixty percent of your income, but I really think that's what you need to do. That's when things get hard. What about what about when there comes a point here? Here's another thing. We have to get into this mindset of being thankful to God, whether or not we particularly feel like we need to be thankful for him or not. Well, I'm sick right now. Yeah, but you're alive. Could be dead, but you're still alive. I can, I can talk about 90% of people's prayers right now. Here we go. And email me if I got you right, right here. I'm serious. Shoot me an email. It's 90% of prayers right now. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for my family and the blessings that you've given me, Lord. You know, I ask you forgive me of my sins. Um, Lord, I really need help with this. I need help with that. Lord, if you could help me with this decision, that'd be great. Lord, if you could, you know, uh, help this person see things to a better thing, that helped me out a good little bit. Lord, you know, I really need, you know, I really need this taken off my plate or either something happened right here. Lord, you know, I mean, the bills are, are coming in a little quicker than I'm making money. So, you know, if you could bless me in that area, 95% of our prayers turns into a checklist of what we need from mm. God instead of 95% being God, thank you for what you've already given yeah, me. That's, all, that's something I've thought about if her message is preached about is you can really like how much of your prayer life is about self. Yeah. Rather than a being thankful for God and b praying for others, we're supposed to pray for. I mean, yeah, yeah. Look, you got to pray for yourself. Like, obviously, I pray about like decisions that I'm making if and you, stuff like if that. You're but not you got to be praying about others. Yes, if you're not good, it's really hard for you to be that that person. For this goes with marriage too, right? Like, your spouse ain't going to make you happy if you're unhappy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, your spouse can add to your happiness, and your spouse can definitely. Uh, make being happy difficult. But if you have happiness from somewhere else through a source that is unwavering, like God, you're going to be okay. You know, I heard a pastor say this, and I thought this was really good. When we, when we eat normal food, we become full very quickly. Mm -hmm. Spiritual food, i.e. God, anything to do with God, the Bible, worship, music, whatever— it is the only type of food that the more you eat it, the hungrier you get. And we need to live in an atmosphere where we understand those things. And, 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 and again, 
to, to, to bring it back around a little bit, I, I, that's why I love conversations about God because they just, they go into all these little rabbit holes and stuff. Going back to the original thing of kindness and love, you know, a, a lot of people will try to differentiate, uh, you know, what, what was it the pastor you heard said kindness and love was that so, I tweaked um, just a little bit? What, what was it? Um, what was it he said? I don't disagree. Just what, what no, is kindness, it? Kindness. So, um, we we're, I was in, um, my court kind of like Sunday school class yesterday. And we were talking about what love looks like. Uh, we were going through first uh, Corinthians 13, a couple sections in there. And part of it says love is kind. And I felt like a lot of people, and we we're talking about this today, interpret that as, you know, love is accepting, you know, love, love is nice, you know, be, be the nice person, but no kindness may mean like, if I know if Graham came up to me today, or if I found out through social media that Graham was having an affair out, you know, with some other woman other than Alyssa. A real one, not the scam accounts. Correct. Like, yeah, like <laughs> an actual... Not Ratilda with three teeth. I mean, I just don't get it, man. Why? Look, I know I'm not the best looking dude in the world, but the people that claim that I'm having an affair with them through these scam accounts, why can't they at least look kind of like Alyssa does? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's insulting at this point. Go ahead. I'm but, um, no, no, Random good. thought. But like, if I truly love grandma's brother in Christ, then I need to go to him and say, out of kindness, and because I love him, I would go to him and say, Graham, what the heck are you doing? This, like, look at the scripture. This is not how you're supposed to be living your life. That's a, not a fun conversation. I am, but as a, well, as a friend, I can't accept what he's doing. I can't be accepting of that. Correct. Out and, of my and, love, and I to go be, confront. And to be clear, before people get on to us about this, this specific thing we're talking about, the confrontation part, is people who have accepted Christ and people Correct. who are Christians. Like, yeah, I'm not going to Don't do go to a non-believer and be like, hey, yo, you're going straight to hell. Da, 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 da. No. Like, no, th like that's not how it's supposed to go. We're talking about Christians. Christians here. hold each other. Like, that's the whole reason for church and community. And we're going on a little side trail. Here we go. Like, that's the whole reason we have community within church is really accountability. Like, yeah. I have a Bible study that meets on Mondays. We're very open. We, if we're struggling with a sin, we talk about it. Um, I've got other friends that will talk about stuff like that because we're supposed to, we're to hold each other accountable and being in a community, constant remind, like, and having going to church, being constantly reminded of the gospel and what God has done for us. Like when you're constantly thinking about that, you don't really want to go out and sin, but, it, but we're, you're, you're a human. So we are going to fall. And I'm not talking about just like big stuff. It could be accountability on pride, accountability on just being ten selfish tendencies. But if you're constantly around Christians who are calling you out, you get like you get backup to help you not fall into that stuff because if you're on your own and you're solo in it, you're gonna fall. Yeah, and, and you know, and 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 I agree, but I kind of put it in these terms. I, I don't even like differentiating between kindness and love. I, I I think, like Zach said, you know, love is kind. I think that's kind of I think that's kind of already in there. Well, what I like to do is combat the well. We're supposed to love everybody, and I really like I really like going at the approach like this. I said, oh, okay, so we're supposed to love everybody as Christians. We're supposed to love everybody, especially, especially, uh, you know, in, in the context we're talking right now as other Christians, to all those who say that, you know, well, you shouldn't be calling out all these other Christians all the time. Okay, 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 okay. So we're supposed to love everybody, right? Brothers and sisters in Christ, we're supposed to love everybody. Cool. All right, well, now we're talking about the difference between like and love, like I said in there. Okay, there, there's a lot of people in my life that I like. You know, like, oh, yeah, you know, someone's always a cool dude. You know, yeah. If I found out that, you know, 
he got arrested for doing drugs, you know, or something like that, I'd be like, man, you know, that's terrible. I, I, I hate to hear that. Um, man, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have to pray for his family. That would be about the extent of it, <laughs> you know, because I like that guy. I don't really know that guy. You know what I mean? Like now, if I loved that dude, that dude's a brother, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if I find out, just like Zach said, that that dude's cheating around on his wife or vice versa, we always say the dude cheating on his wife, which in actually today's day and age is actually starting to swing the other direction, that ladies are actually starting to get into emotional affairs more. But either way, that's a conversation for another day. Um, if you love somebody, uh, you're going and you're kicking their door down. And that love that you are displaying by getting all up in their grill, what are you doing? Uh, that would not be perceived exactly as kind to them in the moment. But sometimes kindness is, like we've talked about in the business world, sometimes kindness is letting that guy who thinks he's an entrepreneur go bankrupt. Because if you save him, he's never going to learn the lessons he needs to learn to not go bankrupt anymore. Uh, sometimes kindness is letting people hit rock bottom because some people are hard-headed and it's the only way they're going to learn. Some of the biggest redemption stories I've ever heard is people coming out of prison saying the best thing that ever happened to me was getting locked up because I found the Lord in there. I realized this is not where I want to be and it changed my life forever. Sometimes kindness, this is the problem. We put kindness in the moment versus kindness over time. And kindness over time is always going to outweigh kindness in the moment. And sometimes kindness in the moment looks a lot like getting punched in the mouth, either literally or, or metaphorically, depending on the relationship you have with some people. Because kindness in the long run is what, what and, and again, like our parents, our parents used to whoop our butt. Well, you know. Not so much anymore, but back in the day, used to whoop our butt. And in the, in the moment, we didn't like it. But now I look back and I go, yep, I deserve that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep, that was, yep, I well, sure like, did. And, and, and that's the way, I mean, honestly, when we show love in that way, that's how God shows us love. And again, God's not out to get me. God's not out to like, like God, everything that he does is trying to grow me and to bring me closer to him. And like, I've seen times in my life where it's like, like I got one good example of, uh, about a year and a half ago, like everything went wrong. Broke up with a girl, um, got laid off from my job, had all these cool plans for a whole month that com I got that completely went away. I was going to be traveling. I got COVID. I even broke my camera. And like, I love photography. Everything went wrong. And looking, yeah, it sucked in the moment. But looking back, I praise God for that because I see he was taking things out of my life to be, get me to the point of where I was looking at him. Yeah. And like, he let me hit rock bottom because I never would have gotten on a better path if I hadn't have hit rock bottom and forced myself to be dependent on. And then if I hadn't have been forced to be dependent on him. And some people may sound that and be like, that doesn't sound like a loving God. I view that as a very loving God who is willing to put me in a rough patch so now I can be in the best place I've ever been in my life. God, God can be a paradox. God is a paradox. Literally, so you mean to tell me God loves me unconditionally, but also would allow things that might 
hurt in the moment to happen. Well, he does it because he loves time. you and it draws you closer to well, him. Well, but the answer is yes. You know, yes, that's a paradox. A loving God can allow bad things to happen. Yes, because down the line, a lot of times pruning hurts. Pruning hurts. When you prune a rose, if a rose had feelings and whatnot, it probably would say, ow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when we have to be pruned as Christians, that hurts and it ain't fun. And and yes, sometimes I cherish my marriage now because I almost lost it. And if I hadn't almost lost it, I wouldn't look at what I have now and go, what in the world was I thinking? You think I'm still not tempted by things that might've tempted me back in the day. But the thing is they don't tempt me like they used to, if at all, because now through God, my relationship with God, my turning away from those things, uh, my own selfish desires. And I'm not talking about women. I'm just talking about in general. I want to, you know, there was a point in my life where I was like, I want to go away for a week and drink beer and listen to a rock concert, not have to be a husband or a father. You know, everybody automatically jumps to, women. I ain't just talking about that. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to be alone. But now, because I was that selfish guy that almost did that, I look at my kids now and I think, oh my gosh, how blessed am I that I have been here through this whole time now and I'm going to continue to be here for forever because there's no way I'm giving this up. You know what I mean? In the moment, it hurt. I didn't want to go back. I, didn't, I thought I was doing the right thing. The easy, the easy thing to do is always walk away. Mm-hmm. It's always the easy thing to do. Just like, just like if you're on a boat and you're going into a storm, of course it's easy to turn away from the storm because that's the direction the wind's blowing. It pushes your boat much easier the other way. It's very hard to push through a storm. But that's what's needed. And Christianity is not easy. And that's where we have these issues today, where we have a, a blurring of lines between what is kindness, what is love, uh, what is living for biblical truths versus going back to the Bible to try to make it say what you want it to say. Um, the, the difference between woke Christianity and what I call true Christianity True Christianity, nine times out of ten, is going to make you feel really small about yeah. yourself because you realize, oh, wow, I'm doing a lot of things wrong. Uh, one of the prayers I pray every night now is, Lord, forgive me for the sins that I don't even know that I did. Well, true Christianity is going to take eyes off of self and put eyes on God. Yeah. And then you realize that you this whole life, you don't have to live it on your own. It's not about money. If God blesses you with money, great. If he doesn't bless you with money, great. Because at the happiest end the, people I know are broke. <laughs> and it's like, but true Christianity puts your eyes on God and you really realize like how much he loves you and that everything he does in your life is because he loves you. And, and again, he loves you where you're at when you first become a Christian, when you're in your sin. But because he loves you, you then go through the process of I'm going to use a church word, sanctification, which if you, if for any of you who maybe don't know, that's just the process of slowly becoming more Christ-like and certain sins not being as big of a deal as they used to be, but then you realize as you get more sanctified that, oh, there's way more, there's still more issues I got to get, they got to be fixed. I think in the end, to summarize this one and end this one up, I think as churches, we have to start teaching the whole Bible. And the whole Bible is 
Right now, we're teaching people that you can just have God the Savior instead of God the Lord mm-hmm. and Savior. Uh, and if you notice, the Lord part is first. And I always say, uh, you know, there's something they teach you in, in, in seminary. It's like, oh, what's it called? First word principle or whatever. Like the first time something's mentioned is what it means throughout yeah. the context or whatever. Uh, it's Lord and Savior. Why is Lord first? Because we're submitting to him. Because that that is the most important part there. God is Lord over our lives. The Savior part is the gift that we get, you know, the, 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 the grace that we receive, salvation, redemption, a life with him in heaven. But it comes with a cost. Salvation may be free, but a life with Christ is not. And that is hard. That, 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 that leads to, yeah, it will cost you everything. To live a God-filled, purpose-driven life, it will cost you everything. Because nine times out of ten, everything that you want to do is probably not what God wants you to do. And you have to give up your selfish desires. And it takes time. You're going to fall. But in order to be Christian, though, I mean, I like to think of the rich young ruler part where the rich young ruler comes to God, comes to Jesus, and Jesus is like, all right, well, if you want to follow me, go sell everything you got. Yep. And the dude's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, It did. goes back to the, do you know what I had to do to make this money? Do you know how hard I worked? Da, 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 da. And going back to who gave you those hands? Who would, gave you those feet? Would you, who woke you up to get you the abilities to yeah. get what you got in the first place? Because like, in that story, they say that like, and again, this is I haven't really studied it out much, but I'm basing it off of like sermons I've heard. Like he, you know, if he's a rich young ruler, it would have come somewhere in the family. There's prominence there. It's like, and Jesus is pretty much saying, like, are you willing to give that up for me? And God may not always ask you to give that up. You could be rich and get saved, and God not ask you to give up your riches. He may ask you to give up your riches. And that's when you have to figure out is the Lord more important to you than anything that this earth can offer? Yeah, it's kind of like the breakthrough I had, and yes, I'm using uh, the government <clears throat> as a as a example here. The second I figured out that no matter what you do, you never really own anything in America, ever. The second that veil lifted from my eyes, doesn't matter if you buy land flat out, if you can't pay the property taxes, they're going to take it from you. doesn't matter if you buy a car flat out, if you don't pay um, the 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 the, the you know, either the county or city taxes on it, they're going to take it away from you. You never really own anything ever. That's a lie. It's a lie. It's not true. The second that veil was lifted from my eyes, nine times out of 10, if you have a large estate to leave your kids now in America, 90% of them can't afford the taxes, the death tax, the property tax, the sales tax, everything to inherit the land in the first place. And they sell it and they divide it up and keep what's left. The second I realized that, It changed the way I looked at everything. With Jesus, the second I realized, and the veil was lifted or dropped or torn or however you want to say it, and I realized that nothing I have is actually mine, it changed everything. Changed the way I thought about everything. It changed the way I thought about money. It changed the way I thought about, well, I got to have this much in the account at all times. Why? It's It's not my money anyway. Why, 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 why do I got to hold on to that when this person over here is struggling and may need some help? Or why do I got to hold on to this when this church right here may need some above 
your tithe, your, your, your biblically mandated tithe and offering. Maybe this church needs a gift from you, et cetera. But, well, because this, this is what makes me feel comfortable, but it's not your money. And the second I realized that none of it is mine, the car I drive or the truck I drive ain't mine. This building ain't mine. The house I live ain't mine. My wife and my kids are not mine. They are, they have been entrusted to me, but they're not mine. Not really. Man, when you, I always say that a true Christian is a person that not only accepts Christ as their Lord and Savior, but realizes how small they actually are. Now, not to God's eyes, but in the grand scheme of things, a true Christian is the person that realizes that we deserve nothing. And everything that we've been, everything that we have is a blessing. Not everything that we've been given, not everything, no, every, everything in your life is a blessing. Well, I come from a broken home. What's the blessing in that? Uh, it made you the person you are today. God pulled you out of that and gave you the testimony. It gave you the strength and the determination and the power to push through life because life is brutal. It is harsh. It is cold. Don't give me that boo-hoo story. I had it. I don't look back at my life and go, why did my childhood be, why was my childhood like that? That was horrible. What kind of loving God would do that? I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for that. The end. Because this life we work right now, this is this tough, <laughs> you know, and, and everything works for their own good. I think that's it. I think that's a good place to end it for right this second. I there like this little open discussion thing. Maybe we'll do this again some talk. other time. Yeah, Zach, you got to hear Zach's real thoughts about things. Which Not is, just, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, if you like this episode, please email us. Let us know. We always appreciate your feedback. That's all we have for this episode of the Dear America podcast. Do me a favor. Hit the share button. Leave us a rating. Give us five stars. That's all we have for this episode. We'll see you all again next time. <laughs>